0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. Today I will be discussing Monday Night Raw, the June 4th, 2018 edition from Houston, Texas. And before I get into today's episode, I would like to discuss the changes that K-Axis Wrestling Podcast will be going through in uh, upcoming weeks, such as... Um, I'm currently in the process of working on improving sound quality, and it hasn't been an easy journey to say the very least, because I'm not an audio expert, I'm not a recording expert, so it's still a learning process, there's still some things I don't know, I mean I've learned a lot, but there's also some things I still need to learn in you know improving the overall sound quality of the show and the overall production quality of this show because I want to deliver the very best product for my listeners because, you know, I don't want you guys having a bunch of scrambled garbage to listen to. Like, I want you to have the very best quality that I can possibly provide with the material and the equipment that I have readily available in front of me. So, just bear with me. Um, As you'll notice, I have added improvements to um, my brand images, my logos, you know, that kind of stuff. And some of my social media sites, things are being updated. Um, and for a further update, I have decided to discontinue uploading episodes to SoundCloud. And now I, I will be found at Anchor FM. It will be anchor.fm slash kaxiswp. And that's where all of my latest episodes will be uploaded for now on. Um, there will be many other adjustments coming in future weeks. Um, also, another thing I'd like to add in is that, you know, one way that you can really support the show is to subscribe. And I will be opening, opening up new channels, new options for you to do so. I'll make it easier for you to do so. As long as you have a smartphone with a QR code reader app installed, um, you can you can just scan it. I'll make that available on Instagram, I'll make it available on Twitter, I'll make it available on Facebook, and pretty much every other form of social media that I'm connected to, and I'm connected to many to say the very least. Um, but anyway, I'm going to make that available for all subscribers, all listeners. I'm going to find a way to integrate it into YouTube. I'm going to integrate it pretty much everywhere, everywhere I am, because I want you guys to subscribe. I want you to support the show in any way that you possibly can. Like I said uh, in previous episodes, it doesn't always have to be money. You know, you can support the show by liking the status, um, subscribing, commenting, following, sharing, and subscribing, just like I mentioned. Subscribe to the show, support it in any way you can. Um, Donations would be greatly appreciated because, um, like I said, I'm having issues here. I don't know. I don't think it's the equipment that's malfunctioning. I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it is. Who knows? Um, But I know one thing. I am going to need, you know, donations to improve the podcast, to make things better, to make things more professional. So, you know, like I said, I want to provide the very best. But anyway, I don't want to go too on rambling about this. So let's move along into the show. Let's start talking about Monday Night Raw. Um, You know, the June 4th, 2018 edition, as described previously. Um, So let's get into it. All right, so the show opens with Elias. Um, He's in the ring. And he's ready to do his walk with Elias thing, you know, which is getting him over pretty well. And he starts out, you know, with a mix of cheers and booze during that episode. And then he begins to play a song and he gets cheered on that one. And then he cuts a promo on Seth Rollins and plays another song about how he will win at Money in the Bank and become the next Intercontinental Champion. Now... What I think about that, um, what do I think about that? Um, Elias, he has come a long way from NXT, I can say. He really has, um, he has a really good gimmick, he has a good persona, good character development. Um, all in all, he's a really, really tough competitor, you know, he's a pretty good good wrestler, he's really, really convincingly strong. Um, and he's getting over with the crowd very well, so I have to say, I would not mind if, you know, I wouldn't be upset or disappointed if Elias wins the Intercontinental Championship at Money in the Bank. You know, um, back to the subject here. Back to uh, Monday Night Raw. I mean, I stayed on subject, but back to what happened on Monday Night Raw. Um, Elias was interrupted by Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins, you know, his entrance theme hit, and then, uh, I believe he was greeted with a Let's Go Rollins chant as he began making his way to the ring, and, you know, he started walking around the ring to find himself a steel chair to even the odds with Elias because Elias had his guitar as usual, and he was about to use that as a weapon on Rollins to kind of keep him at bay, but, you know, Rollins got a chair, and he got into the ring to confront Elias and Seth Rollins um, I believe they had swung their objects at the same time you know Seth Rollins swinging the the steel chair around um, Elias swinging the guitar and the guitar like kind of broke or something and it fell out of his hand and then Seth Rollins started coming forward and as he was coming forward to you know, use the chair on Elias. Seth Rollins gets sneak attacked by Jinder Mahal and Samir Singh. Or Sunil Singh, I think that is. Um, I get their names mixed up. Anyway, um, and then Roman Reigns comes up for the save while Seth Rollins is getting triple teamed. And Roman Reigns came up to a surprisingly large crowd pop, which I found to be really amazing. Because in most instances, Roman Reigns does not get a good crowd pop. He gets booed out of the building most times. And it's still one thing I really don't understand about the fans when it comes to Roman Reigns. Because I don't see Roman Reigns as this terrible wrestler like a lot of other people seem to believe that he is. Like, I just don't see it. I mean, I think he's okay. I mean, I don't think he's the greatest wrestler on planet Earth. Um, He does have his strengths and weaknesses like every other wrestler does um, because there is no perfect wrestler. You know, I mean, wrestlers of all sorts and all types are going to have their strengths and weaknesses. Even the ones that are good in all departments, you know, they're still going to be off in some categories, you know, um, while they're really, really good in others. You know, that's just a part of a balance, you know, because... Like I said, there is no perfect wrestler. But um, going along with this subject here, um, Seth Rollins, you know, um, Roman Reigns came to his rescue. And this pretty much led to the very, very obvious first match um, that Kurt Angle made, you know, shortly after. He came out there, and Kurt Angle... um, you know, of course, he made, he made a really, really obvious tag match. It was between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus Elias and Jinder Mahal. So then we start off with match number one. It was, um, you know, the match that I just mentioned. And the match started off with Elias and Seth Rollins. Elias looked really, really strong in that match. And pretty much until Roman Reigns got in there. You know, and and once again, Roman Reigns got a nice crowd pop, you know, when he got into that ring and started getting busy. Um, really, really good crowd pop there. And then later on in the match, um, this is pretty much leading to how the match ended and the match ended with um, it ended with I think it was uh, what happened? I be- yeah, I know what happened now. OK, they were outside of the ring. And Seth Rollins was like, he was near the barricade at this time, and Samil Singh, or I'm just going to call him the Singh brother, the Singh brother uh, came up on him from behind with the steel chair, and he was ready to swing it on him, and then Seth turned around just at the moment he was about to do it, and then, you know, Singh froze up, and then he, like, I think Rollins, like, snatched the chair from him, and he ran from Rollins, ran through the ring, as Rollins was running into the ring with the chair... Um, what had happened? He, I think Rollins had tossed the ring into the ch- no, tossed the chair into the ring and slid in there and then like as soon as he got in like Elias caught him with a DDT right onto the chair and for some odd reason Elias wasn't disqualified for DDTing Seth Rollins on a chair so apparently that was a major botch on WWE's end or it was meant to be A no disqualification match and Kurt Angle forgot to mention it I mean what happened there Um, because somebody had pointed this out on social media the other day and I was like you know that's a really really good point because it really was I mean like usually when somebody's DDT'd on a steel chair and and you know in an ordinary wrestling match that usually leads to a disqualification you know for using an unfair advantage Um, but for some reason it didn't. It was really bizarre to say the very least. But after Elias DDT'd Seth Rollins onto the chair, um, he pretty much wrapped the match up. He hit Seth Rollins with a drift away finish. And that was the end of the match after the three count. So there you have it for the first match. And then we had a segment which was a really, really bizarre segment to say the least. Um, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know what direction WWE is headed in at this point in time. But I know in recent times they've been losing a lot of viewers, and you know a lot of people say it may be attributed to um, what is it, the NBA playoffs or something like that. Call it however you want. Um, the way I see it, like I'm attributing it to the um, just the poor quality of the product lately. You know, like, it seems like everything after WrestleMania was just, like, what is going on here? Like, I I really did not understand it. Um, You guys can feel free to chime in if you'd like to. Um, I'd really like to know what you guys think about, you know, the state of WWE, like, after WrestleMania, this whole post-WrestleMania era that we're in right now. Um, It's not really an era. It's more like a time frame. But, yeah, I want to know what you guys think about that. So feel free to talk about that, to discuss it. Um, All right, and and, and this is the segment that I was about to mention. All right, so they had a table full of tacos at ringside. And Kurt Hawkins was in the ring. He had introduced a visitor by the name of James Harden. And Hawkins, he pretty much got himself into this match somehow which they didn't say how by the way because why make it a story why why include a story to it why try to have some kind of lead up to it uh, because they certainly don't believe in doing that anymore but for some odd reason this, th- this whole thing came about and you know Hawkins was at you know he's at the 199 loss point um, which is really really crazy and I really really don't understand it but He pretty much uh, got himself into this match somehow, some way to get an easy win. So he would break that 199 loss streak. And so we pretty much get into the match. Um, Hawkins, you know, it got to a point where he was close to winning. And just out of nowhere, Baron Corbin's theme hits and he makes his way to the ring. And uh, he gets in there and he finishes off the visitor. Then the match ends by DQ. DQ and Hawkins' losing streak pretty much reached 200 at that point because the visitor won by disqualification. Corbin leaves the ring laughing. Um, Hawkins, I forgot how he ended up on the outside, but somehow he ended up on the outside of the ring. Baron Corbin, like, slapped Hawkins with a taco. Um, Then he slammed him face-first into the table of tacos. And then when Hawkins was on the ground, Corbin proceeded to Flipped the table of tacos over on Hawkins and walked away laughing at him pretty much. And I think that's pretty much a wrap of that segment and uh, match and whatever else you want to call it. Um, But anyway, um, we had a backstage segment directly after that which consisted of Baron Corbin confronting Kurt Angle face-to-face, saying that Stephanie McMahon made him a constable of Monday Night Raw, which would be some sort of authority figure. Um, To what extent he has authority, we don't know yet. Um, I guess they may or may not elaborate on that. Um, I don't want to sound too much like Dave Meltzer by saying that, by the way. (laughs) They may or may not, but that's the truth, um, because you just don't know. And then uh, we moved along to Ronda Rousey making her way to the commentary table. And then we had Nia Jax versus Natalya for the third match of the show. Um, Nia dominated. It was very, very difficult for Natalya to take um, Nia down. And Natalya had eventually turned the tide in the match to a certain extent. And then it didn't, I mean. I don't think it really did her any favors um, in the match. And then there was a segment where, not a segment, but a point in the match where she had ran the ropes and somehow managed to injure her knee area. Um, Not really sure what happened. WWE commentary, uh, nobody really elaborated on, you know, the extent of her injury. I mean, it didn't seem to be a work. Um, you know, after this had happened and Nia Jax had finished Natalia with the Samoan drop and pinned her for the three count, um, Ronda Rousey had left the commentary table to pretty much check the status of Natalia to see if she was okay, and, you know, Nia Jax was just looking kind of puzzled, you know, she was looking kind of, like, devastated, you know, like she was just really feeling bad for her, um, which I honestly think is kind of odd If she's really a heel at this point Because last week She came off as a heel She played a heel role And it's like Now she's kind of like It's like is she a face Is she a heel Or is she a tweener And a tweener for those who don't know Is somebody who's pretty much in between A face or a heel You just don't know which one they are um, And you know figured I'd throw that reference out there. But, uh, you know, pretty much this boiled down to, you know, Nia Jax offering to help Natalya and Ronda Rousey getting mad and pretty much telling her to go away and this and that. And then Natalya was just eventually carried out of there by, um, you know, not carried but helped out of there by uh, Ronda Rousey and the referee. So then we have a backstage segment after this. Which consisted of Renee Young interviewing Bobby Roode about Money in the Bank and his match against Braun Strowman on this episode of Raw. Um, After this, we went into Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode. And it's pretty much what you would expect from Strowman versus Bobby Roode. Uh, But uh, Strowman had dominated the match early on. Bobby Roode set up a ladder at some point. he set it up from from the inner... Well, he actually set it up pretty much between the apron of the ring and the barricade area. And then he pretty much provoked Braun Strowman to chase him. And Braun Strowman, without hesitation, chased him around the ring. Bobby Roode rolled under the ladder to escape Strowman and started laughing at him. Um, and then Strowman just crushed the ladder, like smashed it in half with his bare hands... And, you know, that was some pretty wild stuff there. Um, I can't really explain how, you know, how they pulled that off. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like some kind of stunt ladder, but nonetheless, it made him look really, really strong. Because, I mean, imagine trying to smash a ladder in half with your bare hands. Like, you're more likely to break your hands than the ladder. Because ladders are really tough. Um, but anyway, moving along here... Uh, with the match uh, after that point the match didn't go on very much longer it was it was a rather quick match to say the least and it pretty much consisted of Strowman you know roughing up Bobby Roode some more like he'd like tossed him into the barricade outside the ring and did a couple other things I believe and then not too much longer after that he put Roode away with the finish you know his running power slam for the three count And that's a wrap. And once again, Bobby Roode takes another loss. And, you know, this kind of thing, like, this is Bobby Roode's, like, third, if not fourth loss in a row. You know, because he's been losing, like, every week, you know, for a while now. Because last week he lost to Owens, I believe. And then the week before that he lost to Elias. So, like, I'm really starting to believe that Vince McMahon has lost hope in Bobby Roode at this point in time because it doesn't really seem like they have anything in store for Bobby Roode. It seems like they have ran out of ideas. It seems like, you know, they just don't really care about him at this point. Besides, I mean, outside of making him a lower mid-card guy, I mean, that's unfortunate because Bobby Roode is an extremely talented wrestler, you know, and Bobby Roode, like, I'd honestly like to say I'm really, really thankful for being able to see Bobby Roode um, wrestle when he was in TNA because I feel like that's where the best of his work was done. Like he was in TNA for a very long time. He was there for almost as long as AJ Styles was, if not as long, because actually AJ Styles had left and Bobby Roode stayed there for, I think, another year or two after AJ Styles, if not almost three years. But Bobby Roode stayed longer than AJ, so that extra time there, I have to say, they probably were there around the same amount of time, and that's where Bobby Roode wrestled a huge majority of his matches, and that's where I saw a lot of his matches, and I thought he was fantastic over there, you know. And um, it is, and then while we're on the Bobby Roode subject, uh, there's there's a word around the campfire in the wrestling world. That James Storm would be open for a beer money reunion. And at this point in time, I just don't see that being possible because think about it. If James Storm is currently a free agent, um, if he gets back into WWE, you know, the the WWE, uh, what do they call it? I forget. If he heads back to WWE, He's most likely going to end up in NXT, and if he ends up in NXT, there's no way he's going to be able to get back with Bobby Roode, you know, and um, I mean, I'm not against the idea. I mean, I think it would be great to have Bobby Roode and James Storm team up again because they were an excellent team. They had great chemistry. They won, uh, won many titles together. Um, it, it, it was excellent. They were a great team. They were one of the best tag teams that, you know, in recent memory. And, but like I said, I just don't see it being possible unless James Storm somehow gets recruited straight to the main roster this time instead of an XT. But I really, really doubt they're going to do that. It's like you have to be really, really, really established in wrestling in order to get consideration for the main roster. Or you'll just end up on NXT. And, uh, and like I said, that's the reason why I don't think it's possible. And I don't know. I, I could really go on with this discussion, but I don't want to go too far into that category. So um, anyway, let's move along with the show. All right, so after the Ruden and Strowman match, we had a backstage segment which consisted of Kevin Owens uh, being interviewed by Charlie Caruso. And he cut a really good promo on Balor. Uh, A promo that I agreed with for the most part because, as you know, I'm not a Balor fan. And for those who don't know, I'm not a Balor fan. Probably never will be. Um, What reasons? Uh, I've gotten into the reasons many times already. And I don't know. I mean, to make it really short, I'll just say that, you know, most of his matches, he's mostly doing kicks and stomps. And he's not good on a microphone. He doesn't have a good presence. He doesn't have good character development. That's the main reasons. So anyway, then we had another backstage segment directly after that one, which consisted of Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, and Natalia, back in the medical room backstage. And Natalia was, you know, she had like a bag of ice on her knee. And uh, Rousey and Nia were still arguing about, you know you know, pretty much Nia Naya being there, you know, and Nia said that's her friend and this and that, and she wanted to support her and so on and so forth, but it's like, once again, really odd segment because you don't know what, you know, what side is on. Is she a face or heel? Um, but then it got to a point where Natalia was just tired of those two arguing, and she pretty much walked off, and then they stand there watching her leave. Odd segment. But anyway... Alright, we move along to an in-ring segment, which consisted of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, in which they pretty much cut a awkward promo, and they didn't get much of a response from the audience. Like, Matt Hardy's not even getting much responses for the delete thing, and I don't know, it's like people are sleeping on him. I don't know, I mean, I can't really blame... The crowd, I mean, I also have to blame the way that they're being booked. I mean, you're talking about Matt Hardy, the famous Matt Hardy, the legendary Matt Hardy, who has won multiple titles in multiple different wrestling organizations. Bray Wyatt, former WWE champion. You know, former WWE champion who became WWE champion by beating AJ Styles and John Cena pretty much I think it was back to back in the same night in the same match it was uh what was it elimination chamber 2017 wasn't even that long ago but it's something that apparently a lot of people have forgotten about because Bray Wyatt doesn't really get that good of a push I mean I don't know why Bray Wyatt is really one of their best guys I mean he's not awful in the ring he has great character great presence he's great on the microphone um what are they going to do with him? I just don't know. And and another thing I'd like to throw in there while we're on the Bray Wyatt subject is the fact that he never got a rematch for the WWE title after they took it off of him at um, what was it WrestleMania 33 against Randy Orton. Like Wyatt never got his rematch clause. He ne- you know he never had it because there was some excuse that gotten gotten away. I think it was some shakeup. I think yeah I think it was like that superstar shakeup thing. That pretty much that they used that for an excuse for Bray Wyatt to not get his rematch. You know, and it's a shame. I think his title run only lasted for like... Was it like a month or two? It wasn't wasn't very long. He didn't have a long reign at all. You know, but... That's what it is. So, um, moving along with what happened here on Monday Night Raw. um, So, we had pretty much after this we had um the fifth match and this was a number one contenders tag team battle royal match and this match um the way that they win this match is the last team standing and if one member from the tag team is eliminated they're both eliminated like that's the end of the team that's all it takes and it's over the top rope elimination style battle royal style So, in this match, we had the teams of Titus Worldwide, which is Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil, and the B-team, which consists of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, Ascension, um, Connor and Victor, Ziggler and Drew McIntyre slash Drew Galloway, which I still call him sometimes, Uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango and The Revival, which consists of Dash and Dawson from NXT and Rhino and Heath Slater. Those were our seven teams in this match. And this is the order of elimination. Ziggler was the first one out. So Ziggler and Drew were the first team out of the match. And with that said, like those two pretty much raised a lot of chaos after that like they were just beating the crap out of people for a while and but then they eventually left and then titus was the second one to be eliminated from the match which also eliminates titus worldwide as a team and then victor was eliminated and that's the end of ascension in that match and then fandango was eliminated the end of Breeze and fandango or breezango if that's what you prefer to call him And then Dash was eliminated. So that was the end of Dash and Dawson, a.k.a. The Revival. And then Rhino was eliminated, which was the end of Heath Slater and Rhino. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Heath Slater accidentally knocks Rhino off the apron for Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, a.k.a. The B-Team, to win the match. So now... The B-team, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, are currently the number one contenders for the tag team titles on Monday Night Raw. So, fair enough. Then we had an in-ring segment after this match, which consisted of Bobby Lashley coming out to the ring to no crowd reaction once again. He calls out Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's theme hits but instead of coming out from the backstage area, Sami Zayn comes out from the crowd somewhere. And then he pretty much cuts a pretty long promo on Lashley, calling him a liar and, you know, just really, really roasting him, as they would say. He roasted Lashley there. And, uh, he pretty mu- he also, uh, he struck a nerve with Lashley when he, you know, casted doubt upon Lashley's, um, you know, affiliation with the U.S. military, with the U.S. Army, and that's what, you know, got Lashley a bit riled up, but uh, Lashley was pretty bad on the microphone there, like, that's really unusual to see because when I watched Lashley in TNA or Impact Wrestling, he, he was just better at cutting a promo, he wasn't that bad. Like on this episode of Raw, he really, really struggled, you know, to talk on the mic. Like if he he's gonna need, he's gonna need a manager if he doesn't improve on the microphone. He's gonna need somebody to talk for him if he can't pull it off as good as he did in TNA, or Impact Wrestling. I still call it TNA, so excuse me. Um, but you know, that's pretty much the end of that segment. Um, And then we had another backstage segment, which consisted of an interview of Jinder Mahal by Charlie Caruso and an interview by Renee Young of Roman Reigns. And this was like a simulcasted interview segment where they could hear each other cut promos on each other. And then they were just battling each other like that over the different telecast. And then Roman Reigns, um, you know, confirmed that Jinder Mahal was still in the building, and then he went looking for him. And, you know, before you know it, um, it's like Roman Reigns is going the wrong way, and then somebody directed him to go the right way. (laughs) I don't know if that was scripted or botched or what. Um, But Roman Reigns goes looking for Jinder Mahal for a fight, and he eventually finds him up the hallway... And then they pretty much get into it uh, after Jinder Mahal tosses the Singh brother at him again as a distraction to get an advantage. Uh, but that didn't work too well this time. But uh, Reigns had the upper hand in this one and before they were broke up by a bunch of staff and officials. You know, but once again, they go at it pretty strong. And it was broken up, and that was the end of it. So then we go on to match number six, which consisted of a six-woman tag team matchup. And this was Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon versus the Riot Squad, which is really, really bizarre because Alexa Bliss is a heel, teaming up with a uh, Sasha Banks who's a face, Ember Moon who's a face, and you know they're going against a heel team, the Riot Squad. Um. All right, so for this match, this match got a little bizarre as well. This this was another one of the bizarre. Moments of Monday Night Raw. Um, Alexa had, I don't know if she faked, I don't know if she faked this injury or not or if it was legit, but I I think it was a work. I really do think it was a work. Um, And then she, she tagged Sasha out and pretty much left the match. So then at that point, it becomes a handicap tag match, you know, where it's just Sasha Banks and Ember Moon versus Riot Squad. And then at some point, at some point, Like, Bailey comes out, and then she assumes the role, uh, you know, um, you know, she assumes the role of Alexa Bliss, you know, the the third woman on the team, uh, you know, with Sasha Banks and Ember Moon, you know, and at some point, she just showed up and pretty much wrapped up the match, um, finishing off Sarah Logan with a Bailey to belly in a three count. You know, isn't that bizarre? Like, how... How can she just, you know, insert herself into the match and finish it off? That's just really, really strange activity, isn't it? It's odd because nobody booked it. You know, Kurt Angle didn't come out and say, you know, Bailey's in this match. Uh, Baron Corbin didn't exercise his new authority or anything, you know, to say Bailey's in the match. All right. So after the match, directly after the match, this was backstage, like Baron Corbin... He announced that the women's match, um, it didn't, you know, the win didn't count. You know, Bayley coming in and winning the match for Sasha Banks and Ember Moon didn't count. So uh, what happened there was um, he threatened Kurt Angle with this, that he would uh, pretty much get Stephanie McMahon on him, you know, if he didn't agree to reverse the decision of the match so that the Riot Squad wins instead. So, Kurt Angle approaches Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ember Moon backstage to inform them that the decision of the match was reversed. So, there goes their party. And then, after this backstage segment, we go into the main event of Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. And this match had a really, really brawly start. There was a lot of brawling going on, some basic moves here and there, Um, Once in a while, you'd get a decent move going, you know, but it was a really basic match, to say the least. Um, It was a seesaw match as it went on, you know, because they each got their moves off here and there. Um, Kicks and stumps. Balor loves doing it. Um, And, of course, you're going to see that in most Balor matches. And then uh, this match it ended in a disqualification because Owens just continued the brawl after the five count. You know, because that's the rule. If you don't break, you know, he, he had Balor in the corner and he was just brawling away on him and the referee counted five, Owens kept going and match ends in the DQ. And then they just brawl after that and, you know, that's pretty much the end of the show. So, and that's pretty much the end of this show, because we are going into the getting close to the 40-minute point here, and that's a pretty long show for me. And with that being said, um, I'm gonna wrap this one up. Uh, how do I rate this show? I'd say out of a one-to-five scale, one being the worst, five being the best, I would give it a two. It didn't have many standout moments. They did a good couple of efforts. Um, I'd have to say the really, really standout moment was woman's match. That would be match number six. You know, I feel like that match was the standout match of the show. Um, On a scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the absolute best, I would say it was a three... three and three quarters. wasn't quite a four. So, that's pretty much my rating of Monday Night Raw, the June 4th, 2018 edition. And also, before I go, I'd like to let you guys know that you can find me on social media, on many different forms of social media. Uh, Feel free to donate to the show, subscribe to the show, you know, comment, rate, subscribe, follow, like, share, and donate. That's all you have to do. If you like what I'm doing, please do so. I would greatly appreciate it. You would greatly be helping the show by doing this. Tell your friends. Let everybody know, anybody you know who's a pro wrestling fan or WWE fan, let them know. uh, Because the more people we get, the more followers we get, the more the show can evolve, the better I can get. You know, I'm willing to take constructive criticism. Um, You know, just do what you got to do. All right, so... I'm your host, K-Axis. I'm signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. I will see you guys next time on the next episode. It will be the Smackdown Live edition, and I will see you guys then. So be safe. Take care. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. You guys have a good one.